0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with Firstbet bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: racing northwest from emerald downs thanks for being listeners and keeping updated on what's happening at the track as we are into september joe with the vince Brune here and three weekends three two-day weekends at emerald downs but vince a bit of a three-day weekend this coming september 10th 11th and 12th
3: that's right we got the muckleshoot gold cup indian relay races friday saturday sunday Friday, of course, we do not have live thoroughbred racing here, but we will have uh, day one of the Gold Cup, and that's free admission, Joe.
2: Yeah, free admission all day Friday, September tenth coming up. Uh, opening ceremonies start at six thirty. We'll have three qualifying heats for the Muckle Shoot Gold Cup, sixty-five thousand dollars in purses, uh, more like sixty-seven thousand dollars really. So the fifth annual Muckle Shoot Gold Cup. Didn't run last year due to COVID restrictions. River Road from Montana won it in 2019, and they are one of 18 teams this year. It's going to be a great Muckleshoot Gold Cup. 6.30 opening ceremonies Friday night, free admission Friday. And note the first race time on Saturday, September 11th. We're going to start at 5 p.m. with Thoroughbred Racing. And most of you are familiar, we've been starting at 6.30 on Saturdays, our regular time. But it's going to be 5 p.m. this coming Saturday, September 11th. We'll have three more Muckleshoot Gold Cup qualifying heats during Saturday's card. And then Sunday, first race at 2.30, Sunday, September 12th. And the Muckleshoot Gold Cup winner will be crowned at Emerald Downs this coming Sunday. And a 10-race card coming up, and some great thoroughbred action on Sunday as well, Vince.
3: Yeah, uh, we just drew the races for Sunday, 10-race card Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we announced a couple weeks ago that the Washington Cup was expanded to include two-year-old yes. races this year. So uh, races seven and eight on Sunday, we got the Washington Cup Juvenile Philly and the Washington Cup Juvenile and Gelding. Those are both six-and-a-half furlongs. Um, here are the fields for both of those. These are not in post position order, but we got five in the juvenile Philly, Cadillac Margarita, Golden Glitter, Quran, Let It Rain, and Pontiphany is a late supplement into the race. Quran and Golden Glitter, uh, one, two in the Shinpo a couple weeks ago, they'll be pretty heavy favorites in that race. Going on to the Colton Gelding, a field of seven in that one. Uh, a view, again, not in post-position order. A view from above, Cobra Jet, Diamond Willow, Hickory Wind, Newmeister, Tiger Mountain, Big Paper Daddy. Similar to the Philly race, we'll have two real strong contenders in there. A view from above and Cobra Jet. Frank Lucarelli has uh, big contenders in both of those races, and we'll have Frank on in a little bit to talk specifically about the Washington Cup doubleheader this Sunday.
2: Frank Lucarelli joining us this week on... Horse Racing Northwest, and he has been here at Emerald Downs. Uh, You're going to go over some of his stats on the introduction when Frank joins us, but uh, part of every season. He's had seven training titles at this track, holds all the significant records, and he's had a lot of runner-ups as well, Vince. He has been in the thick of the battle, which he is again this year.
3: You know, if you were going to bet on the leading trainer every year you would have to include lucarelli in your exact box right he's either going to finish first or second and frank is just a study in consistency joe and what i like about him he's strong in all areas every year he's always got a pretty diversified interesting barn of horses pretty strong this year as you pointed out though in the two-year-olds
2: that's right yeah he's uh, tied with k cooper with four uh, juvenile wins and he's got, as you just went over, four horses in two races, four juveniles this weekend in the Washington Cup, and he's got a couple others uh, that are possible for the Gottstein on Sunday, September 26th. So the Muckleshoot Gold Cup, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's the nation's oldest sport, and, and seriously, the history goes back 500 years. It's uh, bareback riding, it's just outstanding athleticism and competition, Uh, There's exchange as uh, horses use four different horses in a race as they exchange at the half mile marker. Four uh, competitors go a half mile with the same rider, 18 teams, and uh, three races each day. So admission is free on Friday. Of course, we'll be open for full card simulcasting uh, Wednesday through
3: Sunday this week. So join us for that as well. Joe I have I'm sure like you I didn't know much about Indian relay racing but now I know some of the lingo that you got the muggers, the holders yeah. and the and as you mentioned the races are what 2 miles and they have what three uh
2: three exchanges. Three
3: exchanges during the race mm-hmm. on the front side and on the back side and those are exciting and sometimes harrowing. They are harrowing. There's you know it's uh as you as you mentioned the horsemanship involved there and the bravery is is just off the charts it really is exciting
2: it is and we hope to have some good action on the track which i'm sure we will sometimes the finishes are not really tight but we've had some tight ones well, we as had well. a
3: controversial one a couple yeah. of years ago where there was i can't remember was the Winner disqualified or not. It was, was not. He was not, and it was a pretty dramatic uh, stretch run there in the final heat. That's right. Um, the Black Lodge Singers are back. Nicole
2: Sayama can, will do the National Anthem. Ryan Yellowjohn, the hoop dancer, is just really good entertainment. He's yeah. coming back. And the Nez Perce uh, Horses and Riders will be entertaining as well. So the Muckleshoot Gold Cup this weekend at Emerald Downs. The Washington Cup on Sunday. And Vince, uh, we've got a great battle among jockeys here at Emerald Downs. You're going to talk about the trainer's race a little bit later when Frank Luke uh, Lucrelli joins us. But how about the jockey race?
3: Wow, listen to this, Joe. And as, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, we really haven't had a close race since like 2013. And uh, But as we go into the final six days, defending champion Alex Cruz, 66, Julian Couton, 65, Juan Gutierrez, 60. Juan doubled on Sunday. You know, last Sunday, uh, Cruz and Couton were both blanked. I know that hasn't happened many times this year where both of them didn't get a win. But that happened on Sunday. Um, So Juan is making a a bid there, too. And uh, it's uh, really... It's really, we're going to have to start figuring all that out, you know, do the machinations as we get into the final week, who's writing what and all that, but I'm looking forward to it, and we'll talk about the trainers in a little bit. Also, in the owners, uh, John Parker got a win on Sunday, and he leads Greg and Chuck Conley and Terra Firma Farm 15 to 14, Mm. so we got a pretty good battle there, too.
2: That is a fantastic battle. Um, Parker is perennial, uh, annually, one of our... uh, Leading owners, won the title a couple of times, and uh, Greg and Chuck Conley and the Terra Firma Farm have had several multiple winners, so outstanding race there. Claimer and- of the meeting is certainly up for grabs. Uh, just checked the stats, and uh, three horses with four right. wins, uh, you know who they are.
3: Mean Sharon, Judicial, and Bella's back, mm-hmm. and I think we got like 16 with three. So uh,
2: including Cody's Choice,
3: including Cody's Choice, who is just he's on a heater right now. Let's listen
2: to Tom Harris's call of his victory this past weekend at Emerald Downs.
3: They come off the turn, and it's all Cody's Choice to take them to the final furlong. Zatter back a distant second. Real foot kicks in late, but it may be way too late to catch Cody's Choice. Cody's Choice going to be a galloping winner here. Clear by seven. Cody's Choice at uh,
2: two turns or one turn now. He was a sprinter for for a couple, several years there, and this year... He can go a mile, but he went back to a sprint. And how? What an effort that was, Vince. Uh, one more win for him, and he's going to be in the conversation. It, who knows? It could be in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic.
3: He's a he's a classic case of a sharp, sharp horse. He's a front runner, and he's doing it, as you mentioned, sprinting and routing. He got a 75 buyer for that win on Sunday, and 72 70 in the two before that. And. Um, He's been getting claimed a lot, too, as sharp horses will. So uh, pretty exciting to watch Cody's Choice in action.
2: Yeah, he just absolutely dominated in 109 and 1 for six furlongs and and an outstanding time prior to that going a mile. So that is an exciting horse by Raise the Bluff out of Carey's Choice. So the claimer of the meeting race is certainly up for grabs, as it is every year at this time, uh, almost every year. I guess Halen ate her back in '03, She won eight races, and she had that thing kind of locked up probably by August. But uh, nonetheless, we're looking at that. Um, and uh, you can go to some updated news and notes at emeralddowns.com. Usually get to that by tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have those yep. up
3: for the new week, yep. oh, yeah. Oh,
2: I know you've got tons of regulars At that, uh, I'm certainly one going to emeralddowns.com. Click on news and notes, and uh, Vince has the whole season right there. Just scroll from the top to the bottom and go slow, and you will know everything that's gone on at Emerald Downs uh, for this season.
3: So, uh, Um, we will mention too, Joe, we'll do the who are our weekly honors here.
2: Yeah, that's right. Weekly honors. Let's do it. And I
3: thought of that because Cody's choices are Washington Bread of the Week. Okay. And uh, what a great choice. Bread by Vincent Pam Gibson. Owner of the Week now, that feature race Sunday, Joe, Harbor Outlaw. That was an interesting race. The horse dropped way back and ended oh. up winning going away. And the owners of Harbor Outlaw are the Friendship Stable. That's Bonnie, Jenny, Q Stable. I think that's DJ McPhee. Okay. and his wife, and then Craig Fredrickson, who we know well, Mm -hmm. and a longtime owner here, and a great guy. So congratulations to our Owners of the Week for that big win by Harbor Outlaw.
2: Maiden beating
3: winners. Maiden beating winners, right. And then the trainer, Alan Bazell, heating up here. Uh, Boz, one of the great guys uh, in Washington Racing, and uh, he's finishing strong. And Alex Anaya, our jockey of the week, how good was he last week, Joe? I think he had five wins. I don't know if any of them were favored. You know, I think at least three were in double digits. So Did win on that always for money. Always for Sunday. money, yeah, right. But he had it. He's Boy, he's shown some polish out there. He's come a long way. So nice work by Alex Anaya, our jockey oh. of the week.
2: Yeah, he, he is. Uh, he's improved last year. He's improved again this year, and he's coming off a great week. Uh, we had two last to first winners in in consecutive races Mm -hmm. there. Uh, RBI came from dead last in a six horse field, uh, to win right up at the wire under Javier Matias for Howard Belvoir. And then as you mentioned, Harbor Outlaw, boy, he was a whole bunch of lengths behind the sixth place horse there for a while. It was
3: a little bit of a Silky Sullivan move there. (laughs) And I, was curious if he got off bad, you know, and I was going to write the story on the race. He really didn't. He didn't exactly break great, but no, he just dropped back. <laughs> it kind of worked out because they were all kind of dueling up there, scrambling. and Yes. Uh, you know, but still, that was an exciting win, and anyone who had him at 14-1, that's kind of one of those really fun wins. You
2: betcha. Okay, so that's a little bit of last week and honors, and we previewed this week, again, two— Days of Thoroughbred Racing, Saturday special post-time of 5 p.m., Sunday at 2.30, and the final two weekends will go 6.30 on Saturday night and 2.30 on Sunday. So, three weekends of racing remaining at Emerald Downs, and of course, just a lot of great action around the country, too, as we're open Wednesday through Sunday for full-card simulcasting. So, we'll take a break, and we're going to come back with trainer Frank Lucarelli on... Horse Racing Northwest.
0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com bet that's number one st.com bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races you're 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
2: Horse Racing Northwest, our podcast from Emerald Downs, and we've got a guest in the studio this week, and we're very pleased to welcome trainer Frank Lucarelli. Frank, good afternoon to you. Hello. Hey, good to have you. Frank uh, has had a little different season this year than some of the others. Seven seven training titles at Emerald Downs, our all-time leading trainer. On wins and earnings, and uh, just a lot of milestones lately from Frank Vince.
3: Well, I can I can yeah. pass on some of the data here. One thousand eighty-eight wins is number one. Over twelve point one million in early earnings is number one recently, going past twelve million. And number two with fifty-four stakes wins. So uh, pretty fair numbers, and making a bid for number eight training title here. Yeah, down three with a, about three weeks to go. That'd
2: have to be pretty satisfying if you won the title this year, Frank.
4: Yeah, it, uh, it's it been one of those weird years. I got off to a really slow start where I normally don't and and uh, my horses weren't quite ready. And we left a lot of horses um, at uh, in Texas actually running versus bringing them here. So I didn't have a bunch ready early and it's been different. We haven't had the greatest year, but we're still right in there. We're three wins behind, I believe. And but uh it's kind of a been an equal year there's like five or six guys you've got two or three guys running right up behind me and it's wide open it matters who gets in there's uh you know it's going to come down to what entries and what races go for me as far as that goes
2: yeah that's uh blame it on that racing sector no just kidding (laughs) but uh, it's always a struggle to get the horses in right where you want them on the day you want them but uh frank's season last year in a 38-day meet and then of course he set the record uh in 2019 with what 81 wins
3: yeah not to mention five wins in a day and just all kinds of stuff frank you mentioned the slow start this year i don't think you were probably too surprised though maybe not that slow but you had to know it was going to be a little different for you this year with some still some horses down south
4: yeah i knew it would be i thought uh you know Hopefully we'd get some good entries in early and make the ones count, and we just didn't get off to a good start. And I had a lot of horses not firing, and I wasn't sure why. I I thought they'd run better, so we we're struggling for a while. Dennis, my assistant, he was getting pulling his hair out, and I said, "Just relax. We just keep doing what we do, and we'll, you know, it'll turn." And it, and it's turned some. It hasn't gotten great, but we've uh, managed to win a few, and we're uh, we're just banging, you know, trying to make good entries the last six race days, and. Um, you know, it's like I said, there's like five guys within five wins, Mm -hmm. I think, or six wins. I'm not sure, but everybody's right in there and that, that actually makes a better year for everybody than a guy having a runaway. You know, the year I won 81 races for me, that was fabulous, but you know, uh, this business is better when it gets shared a little and not to say I wouldn't like to be 30 in front right now, but, (laughs) but, uh, but it's, it's been, a a good year for a lot of people and um and you know hopefully we still have enough days and entries to to get to the top i wouldn't i would be kidding myself if i didn't want to still win the title
3: yeah that's true look at this joe toy 24 frank with 21 george Rosales 18 jesse velasquez 17 k cooper 16 then a bunch with 15 candy kreiderman vince gibson Ari herbertson jeff metz 14 howard belvoir 13 it really is Mm. a pretty equal year
2: yeah and the jockey race and the owners race; it's, those are uh,
3: really close too. We've
2: got some nice battles yeah. on those uh, season-ending honors for those categories, for sure. Uh, your two-year-olds have kind of held their way, though. You've got another big weekend upcoming, but you've uh, you've won several two-year-old races, including a couple stakes.
4: Yeah, we've been real happy with our babies, and uh, we have some a few still to run that we haven't ran that uh, I think are okay as well, and so we've had a good year with our babies and uh yeah we've been fortunate to win a few stakes and you know we got a couple this weekend coming up and we're in the philly stake that we have a good shot and i have three out of the seven entries in the boy stake a couple maidens but horses i think that have a bright future and we'll enjoy the six and a half furlong so uh we put them in there to see what goes and of course cobra jets a tough horse he's uh you know he's he's a pretty good horse and um, he's got to beat uh, the horse that beat him last time of you from above who's two for two so you can't uh, you can't count on anything but hopefully my horses show up and run their race.
2: Vince Brune, Vince does the morning line for Emerald Downs of course and those two had quite a battle Vince in the uh, most recent stake uh, a view from above defeated Cobra Jet, who was two for two previously, but Cobra Jet ran awful well also, so those two probably way out ahead on the morning line. I I think
3: so, they will be way ahead, they'll get the bulk of the action, but when you have, like Frank mentioned, you got horses like Hickory, Wind, Big Paper Daddy, Dorses, Horse, Harwood, Tiger Mountain, they've only run once, and we often talk, Joe, that second start can be a big turnaround race for uh, a lot of horses, but certainly on paper, a view from above and Cobra Jet. I'm looking forward to watching it. Those two uh, are both very, very talented.
2: Yeah, that was the lads on uh, August 22nd. Let's hear about the uh, other two there, Frank. Big Paper Daddy, owned by Chad and Josh. Uh, what about uh, those that horse?
4: Yeah, he's a big horse and uh, ran a pretty good race. He got he ran second, but got disqualified and he did get beataways, but um he's he's been a real solid horse a good horse to train i've been able to get some good works in him and uh we decided to give the walk up at six and a half a try uh you know if if cobra jet runs his best race i don't know if the two i have in there can outrun him going six and a half but i think they're both good horses and you know just like vince said with babies one race and you can sure see a big turnaround in him and uh he's been training good he's fit and he's strong and so uh, i think it'll be good for him to get out there and see what he can do at six and a half
3: and you had uh excuse me like he had a couple golden sense horses the other day too yeah. like it was it boss nine yeah. and with i imagine could we see those like in the gotstein you mentioned you're just so yeah. loaded with two-year-olds
4: yeah i don't know boss nine i i, I you know i'm trying to hold off on the gotstein i I swear every time I don't want to run a horse once and run in the Gottstein. It just doesn't seem to ever work. Mm-hmm. But you get in a position where he came out of the race great. He is a good horse. He's training great. So you're sitting here going, okay, so what do yeah. we do? You know, options are to send him somewhere else or or try the Gottstein. And right now we're hanging here and and um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't know for sure where we'll go. But Boss Nine's a nice horse. The horse he beat, Golden Ale, I thought actually might beat him that day. And and boss nine ran a really nice race. They both ran great. Yeah. yeah.
2: Golden ale. That's right. One, two in that race. So Hickory wind is your other, uh, Colt there in the, uh, Washington cup. And he just came roaring home in his only race.
4: Yeah. I'm really excited about him. He's training really good and, uh, worked an awesome three quarters here this last weekend for this race. And Galloped out strong. Uh, my rider, and Nino said, "Man, he was strong." He said he'll go a mile right now. He's he's hmm. he and uh, I I think he's going to be a good horse down the line. And whether he wins this race or not, I think you'll you'll see him uh, proven out by the time he's three that he's a pretty good horse.
2: Good, promising. And then, uh, of course, your filly Golden Glitter. She'll be in the Washington Cup Juvenile Fillies at six and a half, and uh, she ran very well. Also, uh, the Coron outran her by just a little bit in that recent shinpo
4: yeah she did and she outrun us and beat us and speed as you know has been tough here and with two-year-olds it's it's been near impossible to catch a horse that gets a loose on the front end at two and so you know my Philly didn't break that sharp and the other Philly did and we just never we never could impact her on the lead but uh, hopefully we'll come out of there running this time and uh, we'll either be hooked up or in front of her because
2: we're gonna go Lots of two-year-olds from the Lucarelli barn to talk about, just uh, three weekends to go. Of course, as we're talking, the Washington Cup this Saturday and Sunday, and then the Godstein Futurity on closing day two weeks later, September 26th. Well, it's been a little different year for Frank, as we mentioned. Uh, You've spent so many uh, fall and winters down in the Bay Area, and you've raced around the Northwest and Phoenix. Boy, you've been all around the West, but you made a little different venue. Tell us about the decision to uh, run horses in Texas this past winter.
4: Yeah, um, for about three or four years, I've been sort of looking for something new. I kind of was getting tired of the Golden Gate Run, and uh, and um, I shouldn't say, but state <laughs> of California isn't my favorite. So I uh, I thought you know I need to make a move out of California. So um, I've been dabbling with the idea of Kentucky, and I didn't like. The program that i was looking at it was a lot of moving around and so then i looked at texas and saw that their purses are good and um i think things are going in the right direction there so we we gave uh, sam houston a shot with 20 horses and uh we had a pretty good season we kind of figured out what horses we need to bring there and what we don't and then we went over to lone star had a very good meet really at lone star and uh now we're at Ramington park so i've been packing 2025 had around around there and so i think this year i'll um i'll probably get 40 stalls at sam houston and and load up a little more down there but i like uh the are good the people treat you well it's a nice place and um yeah so i've kind of bounced around i'm also i also like always trying new things you know i like going new places and just seeing new new faces and uh run against different people and uh you know, you go down there, you got, uh, Carl, uh, Broberg who wins a lot of races and Asmussen who, you know, he's never easy, but, uh, you know, I've never been anywhere. I've run where it's been easy. Yeah. It always seems tough no matter where I go. So, you know, what the heck we'll give him a go.
2: That's great. Um, uh, yeah, Frank has, uh, been all around the West, uh, Gallant Son, uh, who was just an outstanding two-year-old the same year as Noosa Beach and Winning Machine and Rooster City and, uh really good crop peaceful rain um uh, gallant son took you on a pretty good ride there for a couple of years didn't he he
4: did he did we uh at one point got offered a lot of money for him and chris randall was debating on selling him, and we didn't and uh you know one day we were flying home from san anita and we won a stake race down there and he says you know what i'd have made more by selling them he said but we'd have never had this much fun mm-hmm. that horse won stake races as you know at Emerald. Uh, he won stakes at Golden Gate. He won a Sprint Championship at Santa Rosa. He won a stake at Santa Anita. He won a stake at Hollywood Park. And he won going five eighths turf, mile sixteenth dirt turf, six furlongs yeah. turf. I mean, he there just wasn't uh, there wasn't a distance. You know, if he was maybe maybe one skosh better, he would have been a really really good horse. But he was uh, he was a lot of fun, and we did win and you know grade threes with him and he was he was he was fun we had a blast with him.
2: oh boy what a a great long career he had he he ran
3: good in the breeder's cup too
4: he did he had a rough trip inside and i think i still think he could have ran like fourth in there and he got kind of stuffed at the head of lane and and he got beat i think he ran seventh got beat four lengths for the whole whole that that was uh... and um you know the funny part about that is we were desperately hoping we were going to get in the race we were kind of on the bubble to get in and if it didn't i i cross nominated on the million dollar turf race and we were so happy to get in and like three years later after he became such a good turf horse i said man (laughs) we'd have gotten lucky to get pushed out of there because that race the million dollar turf race wasn't very tough that year and he would have loved that wow you know we ran in the breeders cup i think pioneer the nile munnings square shipman -shipman. -shipman, i mean it was like every good stud out there was in that race that day speaking
3: of studs yeah we see some of those gallant sun babies now don't we joe and i think you've had a few frank
4: yeah i think i think um you know i've had a tough time i tried to get them in good places uh, i still own part of him and um, i never owned part of him when he ran it but i got part of him as a stud so and uh you know, I probably had mismanaged, didn't know which ways to turn and where to go with him. I think if he would have got at a good farm and had a good chance, I think this horse could have been a very, very decent sire. You know, um, I've got some pretty good horses by him. I got a colt right now that just won two of his last three starts at Golden Gate and allowance and run third in a 75 grand or a horse named Hio Galante, which is gallant mm-hmm. son in Spanish. Okay. So I've got um, Philly just won here. Um, in the vault, pretty easy made in a mm-hmm. win. And there's some good horses out there. He's had some good winners and from from a real, you know, limited uh amount of babies.
3: He's That's, a good looking horse too. Yeah. Gallant son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh well he just uh was so good and he's one of a few two year olds that have won four races here. Of course he won the Gottstein. Right. Um, you know that you've mentioned a couple of names, Chad and Josh. You just mentioned uh chris randall roy schaefer how do you how do you get some of these clients over the years some come to you and you're not really a super slap on the back salesman type
4: no um you know a lot of things in all businesses there's word of the mouth and hopefully you try to do right by people and and they talk good about you and and somewhere down the line it catches up but yeah i mean i've been fortunate uh you know, Roy Schaefer had Valerie Lund for years, and Roy Schaefer wants to run at Emerald Downs, and Valerie didn't. So, um, I happened to be in line there and, and know Roy, and, um, Roy and Ellie Schaefer are two of the nicest people to ever meet, and, and, uh, so fortunate to be able to train for him, and we've become good friends and have a good relationship. Um, um, you know, Darren Paul, the same thing. Ben Root was his trainer, and Ben wasn't going to come up anymore, and, um, I think Darren did a little scoping around and landed on me, which we've become good friends and golf together and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, things happen and people make moves for one reason or another. Most, Most of the owners I've gotten were because of their trainers that they had previous didn't come here or... Mm-hmm. or they wanted to go somewhere they didn't and um you know and i've i've kept a lot of my clients chris randall's been with me now for 26 seven years and mm-hmm. and he's um you know he got in with uh, ron schmidt had a horse with me and him and ron were friends he got a piece of a horse with ron with me and then you know i've gotten a great relationship with uh chris round another one that ron's
2: had just about everybody at the track as a trainer at one point yeah well ron he's a
4: friendly guy he's a friendly guy ron's a great guy i like ron i've trained for ron in the winter and i've I've trained for him again i
3: got a theory why frank gets clients this is kind of crazy but frank wins well (laughs) no i i mean sir you know you're you're modest frank but no you those those gentlemen you've all mentioned and you've produced for them it's that simple
4: We've had some some good luck, you know, in racing. Joe and you guys both know that uh, even when things look good, sometimes they are not so good overall. But uh, but yeah, we've we've had some good horses. I bought Roy Schaefer, and I have bought some good horses out of the sale, um, and we sort of look at them together and fall on what we like. And you know, of course, Roy always gives me the last uh, last say, but he he's, he's likes to go out and look them
3: over. Well, speaking and then, of that, how did you get, you guys got Cobra Jet for 5,500, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. What did yeah. you guys like about him?
4: I just liked him. He's balanced. Roy and I, every year we buy one horse that I pick for him that he'll go up beyond where I go. And then he always wants me to go on partners with him on a cheapie. And I said, oh, I'm going to scour them cheapies. And I, so two years ago I bought, who's a, a pretty good Mr. Stang. He won yeah. a maiden allowance at Golden Gate, ran second twice. He's, he's a pretty good horse for 85 and then I told him, I said, I like this Cobra Jet. Well, at the time it wasn't Cobra Jet, but I said I like this colt. I said if this colt goes cheap, we're going to buy them. and we got them for fifty five hundred. And and we've we've been uh, sunshine Emily. I gave like five or six grand for as a two year old. She was a pretty nice little baby too early on. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, fast. And uh, we've had we've had pretty good luck with them. So uh, you know we we just look for um, for the ones that. Uh, this year we bought a, um, Arbor the Gold filly out of there for 10 for us. And, and then Roy bought a, um, colt for 20 grand from Mary Lou. So, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're down there checking them out. We spend a lot of time looking them over and going to the farms and stuff. So we, we try to do the best we can.
2: And how many hundreds and hundreds and you're talking the wash and sale, which has been really good for you. And you go to Keeneland most every year, too, and just look at hundreds of horses back right. there. So you you but you develop an eye over the years.
4: Yeah, we look at a lot of horses. We're going to Keeneland again here uh, and 13 days from today. And we, we catch the last three days. We don't try to go there and buck heads with those big timers right. and the big money. Because, you know, I feel for the... We're looking in that 20 or less range. And, and we... I think we get a good variety of picking out horses for that uh that price and last three days and we've kind of kept to that we've bought some pretty good horses and uh and uh, haven't spent a lot of money on them and so we're uh, we're going back there again and good. doing the
3: same thing and Excellent. roy and frank boy some of the horses you guys have had Mach one rules was our horse of the meeting and track uh, attacker track attacker exceptional two-year-old yeah you guys yeah. have done great together
4: we've had some good babies so Hopefully Cobra Jet can win this and
2: And then uh Chad and Josh, which have come on the scene more recently and really jumped into the game, Chad Christensen yep. and and uh and Josh uh I forget Josh name. Josh McKee. Yeah, Josh McKee. Yeah. Um but uh that's just been a whole different uh thing for you to 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 devour and uh and comprehend because uh he has uh, been really active and of course now with Josh um, but uh you've had to show him direction because he was pretty new in the game so
4: yeah he was real new when i met him he didn't know anything really and and uh um you know he came in and wanted to see about getting a horse and of course now i think he's got 40 something horses now but um he loves it uh we've had fun we've had some luck we've we've done pretty well with some horses and like i said earlier there's a lot of them that haven't but uh but yeah, he's excited about the game and he likes uh he's getting more interested in all ends of it. He's uh buying babies. We bought six babies out of this sale and he wants to buy some more in Kentucky. Um he still likes the claiming game. He likes breeding. Now he's bred three of his own. He's got three babies of his own coming up next year nice. and that he bred and been out at Mary Lou's and uh yeah, he's excited about it and Josh, they love the game and uh, you know, they love to to go make trips places and do things. And they're, they're a lot of fun. And actually Chad and uh, Josh have been very good to train for, for a lot of reasons. And one of the main reasons, and every trainer I think would appreciate is that they don't, you could be three to five in a race and run last. And looks like he didn't feel like running today. And that's the end of it. There's nothing. Where do you want to go eat? I mean, they don't, you know, that the pressure, a lot of, people put on yeah. trainers as hard and i've had owners where if they don't run good you're like God, you know you're mm-hmm. you're fretting about it and that that's you know i mean i i understand all that but it's uh it's certainly nice to run horses where you know at the end of the day if you go for three that you're not going to get beat up and not ruin your dinner <laughs> that night yeah. you know i mean well, they're they're fabulous people yeah,
2: winning one of out them. of five you know baseball three out of 10 is really good for a hitter yeah you know and horse racing one out of five is darn good that's real good Yeah. yeah it you know? means a
3: lot of losing a lot of losing, yeah, a lot I mean, of losing. you're not going to win a lot yeah.
2: but uh uh um, frank's body of work as vince mentioned uh it just you've been producing for these guys and and that that's fantastic to uh well you've shown them around the west too and and you're still very active here at emerald downs and um wow. size our producer sila bar um He's always been really uh, grateful to you with your sound bites when we've done interviews oh. over the years. Well, he good. says, boy, Frank knows how to go between 20 and 25 yeah. seconds really well. He almost yeah. hits that mark every Gets time. It. Maybe yeah. it's Which, Frank's
3: baseball background being an know. athlete where he I learned how to do that stuff early. Yeah. I don't know. That's well, good, though. <laughs> Frank
2: does have a uh, real great baseball background in um you still stay close to that sport. I remember yeah.
3: growing up seeing his name in the Eastside Journal, which we got at yeah. home okay. when I was in Kirkland, yeah.
4: Yeah, we used to play a lot of ball, my brother and I.
2: A, a heck of a lot of good, and, you know, uh, I don't mean to get negative, but uh, you've had some adversity in your life as well. Yeah. I mean, geez, your father, Mike, passed away at a fairly young age, yeah. and um, your son, Tony, you yeah. know, that was just a really... Uh, tough battle, yeah. And he he came around a couple times, but he still passed as a teenager. Yeah,
4: he was sixteen, and yeah. he got cancer when he was nine years old, and had many battles. I'll tell you, he yeah. had a lot of battles. But you know, everybody out there knows it. You know, you know what's funny is my wife. You know, she says, you know, we're obviously that was certainly dark times for mm. for us and our son, but but my wife always says everybody has a story and you know you meet someone else that's got a worse story than you. And then you meet someone else that's yeah. going through it. Then you think of things that are in your family and going bad and you talk to this guy, geez, that's just different names. They're going through the same stuff. Yeah. So, you know, life's that way. You yeah. just gotta,
2: you've, Yeah, you've handled it you so gotta, well.
4: You gotta just go on you and, uh, you know, and, and obviously I think, I don't think that anybody will tell you anybody that, that is gone from your life would want you to, dwell. I know when I'm gone, I I want my kid to raise a glass of cheer and have a glass of wine and enjoy his family and be yeah. done with it, mm-hmm. you know? But, well, uh, yeah, anyway.
2: no, you've, you've handled it so well. It was a tough time there for a lot. And you know, it's some, Ron Ferguson was pretty darn close to you. Boy, did he miss any mornings training? Yeah. You know, oh, he, he passed me. away fairly young, and yeah. and your groom just a few
4: years yeah. ago that was with you. He's so with long. me eighteen years. Juan Huerta. Huerta Juan Huerta. Yeah, yeah. 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 Frank has so many great
3: grooms you've had over the years.
4: Yeah, I've got great guys right now. There, um, I've got guys back here that've been with me twenty plus years. Oh. Carlos and Bartolo and um, Nesters in in Texas and shoot, I felt bad leaving um california the one thing i felt bad about is my four guys down there have been with me 13 years they no st- same four guys and they're saying oh you can stay can we i'm like man <laughs> sorry guys i mean i'm i felt bad but they I, have but their families there yeah and they didn't want to leave they didn't want to leave one one um one of the guys that worked for me not as long there did come up here to work for me but he was only with me a couple years but the rest of them guys uh, and but uh two of them uh, went to work for Mosier. Yeah, um, we're good friends, and and mm-hmm. one of them, Mosier was setting up shop at Delmar and Santa Anita again this year. So, he sent his head guy there and needed a guy. So it's been a really good.
3: If you're thing a good groom, him. you'll find work in this. Oh, they support, don't. Yeah. yeah,
4: it wouldn't take them a day to. None of them guys take them an hour to find. In fact, I had. Guys heard I'm leaving and telling me, can I have, I, I need to talk to your groom. i say, man, give me time. I'm still a few months away from here. Don't <laughs> yeah. be. So, I mean, yeah, it's not hard to find them. But a couple of my guys, two of my guys that were with me for a long time, two of my wonderful guys, one was uh, my assistant down there for years, um, Flacco, we call him. and His name was Edgar Blanco. But he uh, he's now Mosher's assistant and um, the one groom, Ricardo. That's uh, great. Ricardo's started with me when he was 17, he's 30, 30 or 31. He's never worked for exactly. anybody else. Uh, I did feel bad about that, but it's like, okay, I gotta either keep doing something with these guys or make the move. And so anyway, but yeah, I've had some great help and obviously you, everybody knows that, uh, you're as good as your help. So,
3: well, you know, um, you guys mentioned uh, loss in life and I know Joe mentioned to me, you know, last, last several weeks, couple of weeks, we've been talking about the passing of a Legend in the Northwest, Junior Coffee. And Joe's mentioned to me how special Junior was to your yeah. life and career.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. We are good friends. We, we talked a lot of sports. And of course, I played uh, some minor league baseball and played ball for a long time. And, and, uh, Junior's, um, uh, you know, sports, uh, <laughs> accolades are much beyond mine. But he, uh, we used to talk a lot and we'd get together a lot in California. We'd go to dinner and, and, uh, and, uh, we both related horse racing so much to athletes and preparing for a game and, and, and doing things. And, uh, you know, he was just, as everybody knows, he was just a really good guy. And we, we became really good friends with him and Kathy and, uh, been fortunate enough to get together with him a few times, uh, a year and have some dinner and so on. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, I'm not sure anybody disliked Junior. I'm, oh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. I ever heard of anybody say, um, you know, and that says something in volumes for a guy. Mm. You know, you only hope when you're gone that everybody, you know, you could have that yeah, cor- no sort of fan. legacy. But he's a uh, he was a good person and a nice guy to everybody. I have some great stories about Junior and <laughs> and uh, and some just fun. I mean, you know, tear tear jerking <laughs> laughing stuff yeah. from, and, and from he it. was
3: he was a good horseman too
4: oh he was a wonderful horseman he was very good horseman real real quiet about his horse stuff and oh. which you know <laughs> well. we we never talked much about our own personal horse stuff we'd talk about getting ready horses and stuff but uh, he was real private about that which is a very good thing and he was uh he was a good horseman. Like I said before, he was the kind of guy that no matter what you was bringing over, you, you always took yeah. a second look yeah. at and you say, okay, why would junior be running here if this horse <laughs> is 30 to one? And yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd throw, you know, even my dad, the old days would throw him in the exactor, throw him in a race because it's like, you know, this is uh you know, and that's a lot of respect. And it's a lot yeah. of respect. It's uh, a lot of guys, you get a 20 to one shot in a race and you just draw a line on him but you never did that with him and he, he
2: frank said trying. that last week you know yeah. juniors yeah. 20 to one the program and you did, yeah okay there's you gotta, a reason better a go to the form. what what am i missing here and uh, he's not the only guy that said that yeah. a lot yeah. of people have said boy when junior leads went over you better uh, have your horse off already right. at that level so,
4: right and yeah. even the last two years uh him not being out here you know um, i talked to him on the phone not as much as i should have or like to have mm-hmm. but uh we talked and tried to get him out here offered to go pick him up a few times and uh and um you know people like to see him. people like to talk yeah. to him. i had him to my house a few times uh for dinner over the years and i had some old time guys up there that were football junkies and you know junior coffee and i actually asked junior i said would you mind if a couple of them over after we had dinner came over and had a Drink and visit, and he said, "No, no, you know how Junior was, and these guys were. I mean, we'd sit up there till 11, 12 o'clock, and he'd be telling them stories, and they they just loved loved it. They thanked me and for getting to know him and visit with him, and and I did that two or three times. But I always asked Kathy and him if they mind. I didn't want to just bring someone he, over. And,
3: he had a real genial way of." You know, even if you didn't know him well, of ma- making it interesting, and you know, yeah. it just—he had an aura about him that was just welcoming. Yeah, yeah, he was, he
4: was, uh, yeah, he did, and, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. He's going to be missed by a lot of people. I know he's going to be missed by me and my wife and my family and stuff. But yeah. uh, um, you know, there's there's some people that you'll you just never forget about, and he's he's going to be one of those. What guys. a life. What yeah. a life. Yeah, he had coffee. a, awesome. that's the other thing, the guy's life. I mean, yeah. if you sit and listen to him, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. Most people bore me when they start telling me <laughs> stories, but I could listen to him for hours yeah. and I could listen yeah. to his, his life story is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it's worthy of being noted and being out there because, um, what he went through, uh, yeah through just getting to college or in high school and where his whole life story is is one
2: that that should be heard it's uh, it's an amazing story and and you know physical physical force is what really got him to the levels of you know athletics but he had a brain too man he yeah. was mm-hmm. a thoughtful guy and yeah. uh, he got inside all those horses mentally and physically and made sure that
3: they were right and you know, a lot of people yeah. say that's why he didn't want a bigger barn, because he really wanted to know his horses, the ones he had inside and out. Right, and
4: and there's a lot to that. There's guys that, um, you know, they choose a path to stay smaller, or you grow, and then you start depending on people, you know. But uh, he chose to stay smaller, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe he did, but I don't know that he ever, ever had over 15 or 18 mm. head of horses. Yeah, and, I don't And think I so. think that was... Mostly by choice, but, uh, you know, but he, um, yeah, his horses always look good. You know, there's certain guys out there that whatever they lead over, whether they win or not, the horses look good and his, his horses, he never brought one over where you say that's junior's horse, you know, (laughs) that never happened. So, uh, yeah, he was a lot of respect, a lot of respect from me, a lot of respect from, from a lot of horsemen out there.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Junior coffee left us. Uh, last week and uh as frank said he he will be remembered for a long time frank uh so good to have you come in here and and be casual. Spend a little time. Yep. You've got another big weekend up coming, and yep. three weeks at Emerald, and you're going to be traveling again. So. Then I'll be
4: traveling, okay. but maybe we can win enough yeah. to get a title here. We got a we got a little catch up to do, but that's all right. We've
2: he's working for we've it, been, isn't he? Vince, we've been behind. Before. I wouldn't count him out. No, <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah. So anyway, thanks well. much, Frank. Thank you, Frank Lucarelli, joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll be right back.
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: Horse racing Northwest, so good to have Frank Lucarelli in. Uh, what a career, and uh, still pretty youthful guy, you know. Active wise and appearance wise, traveling wise, horse wise, uh, involvement wise. Uh, many more great years to Frank Lucarelli.
3: You know, he said something that I really like was he likes new things. Mm. And as I get older, I find I like that too. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to venture out of what we're used to or whatever. But I think Frank's onto something there.
2: Good, okay. Well, lead me down that path a little bit now and then too, because I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. Well, I do too, and that's why you force yourself
3: to do something a little different. It's it's kind of rewarding, I find. Yeah. Good.
2: Okay. Hey, uh, where are we here? Um, you know, I haven't been giving out many selections, and I've been doing better the last few weeks. I had Nucita on top to end the. Sunday you've cart. been doing great yeah I but haven't
3: I, because of the morning line thing and yeah, I don't feel too comfortable okay. doing that but
2: I don't even have my Saturday picks in front of me so how's I know you've been giving out some
3: a lot of winners yeah new that was a good pick Joe because that to me that horse made made some sense uh, the horse hadn't exactly gotten throttled in far tougher competition and now dropping into the basement it looked pretty live to me
2: well yeah, you know, her form wasn't great. Uh, she did stalk a couple of times uh, somewhat closely at a higher level and the, the drop was big and that's let's it. face it, McKenna Anderson is uh not making a lot of mistakes Let me tell out you, there. That
3: blowing by you that win in the first race Sunday that's was outstanding. So we've seen her do that a couple of times. Lolly Express yeah. and now that yeah. So, McKenna's come a long way.
2: Uh well let's go to our back and forth segment. And I'll start off with last Thursday, we had kind of a racing oddity.
3: oh you're taking my thunder here. Well, but you... I,
2: I turned you on to this one. And Reed Palmer turned me on to it right after the race. I didn't Very good, yeah. It. But uh, Emerald Sea, a three-year-old filly, beat Majestic Café. In the fifth race on Thursday, and the reason that is noteworthy is because they are bro and sis, mm-hmm. both out of a broken vow mare by the name of Out to Sea. Emerald Sea, a three-year-old filly by Tizbud, trained by Jesse Velasquez, and Majestic Cafe, a four-year-old son of Shanghai, Bobby, trained by Chris Stensley. He was the favorite. Emerald yeah. Sea, really good ride. Jose Zanino picked up that mount and the the younger filly beat her older brother in a, a nice battle to the wire in the fifth on Thursday
3: night. And, you know, the interesting thing there, like uh, we were talking about Junior Coffee, you take a look. Well, Emerald C. not only is she facing older horses there, she was a filly. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a double thing there. So then you go to the trainer, and Jesse Velasquez is a sharp horseman. We know that. And, in fact, that win there, I think, made him eight for his last 11. I texted you on that. So
2: Fantastic.
3: You know, um, to me that told me that, you know, he had a reason for putting the horse in there and she drew nicely and a uh, good ride, I believe by Jose Zanino and yeah, went she's, all the way.
2: And now she's a wind type horse. She's three for seven lifetime. So, uh, you know, you maybe couldn't say that going in being two for six and winning at a mile on an easy lead last time, right. out. but she's a miler and, uh. What'd she pay? Nine to two in there. Yeah,
3: it was very well done there. Um, Okay, we mentioned Cody's Choice, and, you know, we talked about Junior Coffee. Just wanted to point out that Cody's Choice is by Raise the Bluff, and, of course, that was one of Junior's top horses. Raise the Bluff came within a head of winning the Long Acres Mile in 2007, that race. I wasn't here yet, Joe, but, of course, I watched it many times against the Great Face and Mm. Tyler Bays on Raise the Bluff, claim foul. I don't know what... Did I ever ask you your opinion on that inquiry there on uh, the, the Great Face
2: and Raise the Bluff? I don't think it warranted a DQ myself. You know, I'm sure Tyler would disagree. Yeah. But uh, Raise the Bluff, uh, yeah. Uh, the Great Face might have come out, you know, close to a path or something, but it wasn't real drastic and it wasn't a any kind of a hard bump or anything. So I didn't really think it warranted a DQ. And that,
3: of course, was... Wasn't that the richest long acres? Model? Yeah,
2: four hundred thousand. Um, and uh, raised the bluff. No horse has ever won the Gottstein, the local Derby, and the mile. He no horse has ever. He's run second in the Gottstein. He won the Derby and it's second in a photo in the mile. That was the closest uh, it's been done. Jumron won. Won both the Gottstein and the Derby and ran in the mile as a four-year-old. But. Uh, he just wasn't on the best of forms for uh, Bud Clockstad that summer and was not a factor at all in the mile. And there's been a couple others in past years that have run in all three. Okay, so, uh, you know, how about uh, now, did Cody's choice get claimed out of that race then? I believe so, okay. oh, yeah.
3: I think he went back. I think uh, Velasquez was to come okay. back. Yeah. Well, um, I did see the red tag down there. I'm positive. All of right. That.
2: Well, it certainly wouldn't surprise us, but uh, I'm thinking he's got a shot to run in the Muckle Shoot Tribal Classic,
3: that horse. Yeah, that's a good thought.
2: Really? I yeah. mean, what a free runner. And uh, shoot, two turns has been no issue at all. He ran a really good two turn race his first time at the distance at the meet, and then he just romped the second time. And,
3: and just watching him come down this, the lane on Sunday, that was really impressive looking. <laughs>
2: Cody's Choice, uh, maybe give Papa's Golden Boy a battle in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic on the front end. Uh, so that's just kind of a little hearsay stuff.
3: Vince? Okay, big weekend for some Washington racing folks, uh, Sean and Todd Hansen. They had uh, a win at Delmar with uh, me, B, Bubba T. Hmm. Uh, broke, uh, broke his maiden for 50 at nine to one. Uh, that one's by declaration of war out of Thunderina, a daughter of Curlin, a Washington bred. So a nice maiden went on the turf at Delmar going a mile and an eighth. So I guess route distance is what these two have in common because last week, no slow mo by uncle Mo out of striking scholar. We all know how great striking scholar was producing striker PhD, um, Madam Paley. Madam Paley, a three-time walk-up winner. Uh, four-year-old Bay Gelding uh, by Uncle Moada a Striking Scholar won a $54,000 maiden special at a mile and a quarter at Colonial by six and a half lengths under Joe Rocco. So um, that was a nice pot, $35,000 they got for winning that race. So nice week for uh, Sean and Todd Hanses as owners and breeders.
2: Really good. Yeah, that's outstanding right there.
3: Hey, Juan Gutierrez at a mile this year. Juan
2: is uh, a close third in the jockey standings. Uh, went over his whole season at a mile. 34% is pretty good for a jockey, isn't it?
3: Unbelievably good. Yeah, that's one out of three. Better than one for, out of three.
2: 16 for 47 in one-mile races. He's won two one-mile races on one card twi- uh, three times at the meeting. So Juan is just... Uh, And his in-the-money percentage is just about 70% in one-mile races. And, of course, he's won the Long Acres mile three times. Not this year, but uh, Juan doing really well at a mile.
3: Okay, yeah, last week uh, on Sunday on race nine, the 50-cent pick three for 50 cents. Mm -hmm. $4,283 flat. And that was with RBI Harbor Outlaw and Nucita. Joe, you could have been pretty close there. You mentioned.
2: Uh, yeah, I missed the middle. I didn't have Harbor Outlaw.
3: Missed Harbor Outlaw. Okay, yeah. that's he still had two pretty hard horses there. Um, so that is just the latest in a long line of big payoffs we've had this year. Our yes. biggest pick four paid ten thousand five hundred and five. That was with Proudline, RBI Harbor Outlaw, and Nucita. So add Proudline at only three to one in front of those three, and you got ten grand. <laughs> Our biggest pick five of the year, 50 cent pick five, $33,298.95 July 10th. And we've had a pick six jackpot of $81,409 back on June 23rd. So the big numbers continue to fly out of the mutuals here.
2: Okay. And on top on to, to add to that. This past Sunday, September 5th, was the first time we had three 10-to-1 or greater winners hmm. in thoroughbred races at Emerald Downs this year. Three 10-to-1 winners, and the two of them, of course, were the last couple of races. Now, we did have three 10-to-1s on uh, the uh, Quarter Horse Championship Day. Um, two were thoroughbreds and one quarter horse Uh, the, uh, the, uh, Nick Low runner, the long shot, the close. Oh, CM once in a blue moon. Yeah. yeah. CM once in a blue moon was over 20 to one. So, but this was the first time we've had three 10 to one plus winners in, on just an all thoroughbred card, which is, uh, for some handicappers, uh, you know, that opens up some of those big payoffs you just related to. Yeah. Anything else?
3: That's about it for me this week. Yeah.
2: I got just one more, uh, Probably won't have a four-time winning two-year-old at the current meeting. It is possible, but we've had 15 juveniles that have won four races at Emerald Downs in one meeting. Nobody's ever won five. Uh, Bub basically came the closest because he won four races in 2002, and he lost in the Emerald Express to Knightsbridge Road by a head in another race Uh, he beat knightsbridge road in two photos in stakes as well that year so bub the closest to winning five Uh, name for norm was the first to do it back in our inaugural season with uh, going four for four and name for norm is the only juvenile in emerald downs history to win
3: four stakes he was four for
2: four all in stakes so
3: timely uh, with our two-year-old stakes doubleheader this weekend
2: Yes. Okay. How about uh, trivia? Last week's question, uh, who was the all-time Washington-bred leading purse earner prior to Saratoga Passage becoming the new leader in 1989 and all the way to present day? Saratoga Passage is 800000 is still number one all-time for any Washington-bred horse. So who had that prior to Saratoga Passage? You probably got a pretty good guess there.
3: I'm um, putting you
2: on the spot, but...
3: Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Might have been Trooper?
2: It, Trooper did have it until 1983, so he had it for about two years. Chinook Pass, when he won the mile, sure, he became the all-time leader at 480,000, and he held that until Saratoga Passage passed him in 1989. So Chinook Pass, the only Washington-bred Eclipse Award winner was the all-time leading Washington bread from 1983 to 1989. Michael Tarlow got that answer correctly. Nice work. Michael's won a couple of these trivias as well. And uh, let's see, this week's question, I think we decided on one.
3: Name the closest jockey race in the history of Emerald Downs.
2: Yeah, just go ahead and maybe do a little research there. We've got a really great battle here in 2021 for leading rider. We've had a tons of blowouts among the top jockey, uh, but this year there's a good race. And what was the greatest race for leading rider and win to second margin-wise in Emerald Downs history? Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at the track. This is Horse Racing Northwest.